You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode four of Destination Freedom, Black Radio Days podcast. I'm your host and producer, Donnie L. Betts. For more than 20 years now, Destination Freedom Black Radio Days picked up where the first nationwide African-American radio drama left off. The original boundary-breaking program produced in Chicago by Richard Durham more than 60 years ago walked a daring line between reform and revolution. It illuminated important yet largely unknown chapters in the history of human rights and demonstrated how radio played its part in the struggle for social change. However, as McCarthyism and anti-communism tightened its grip on America broadcasting, the radio program was shut down in 1950. Our current show, now branded Black Radio Days, draws on the classic archives of the original Destination Freedom program. Since 1998, we've continued the tradition of showcasing the extraordinary lives of great African Americans and other people of color, past and present. In our upcoming season, we will examine the intersection of law enforcement and communities of color by exploring the complex issues of police shooting, immigration, and gender bias. Support for Destination Freedom is provided by Bonfee Stanford Foundation, the Ulipians Fund of the Denver Foundation, and Arson Society. For more information, please visit nocredits.com and click on Destination Freedom. Enrique's Journey is based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Sonia Nazario and adopted by Anthony J. Garcia. Garcia describes Enrique's journey as a beautiful, sad, and inspiring testimony to the power of love and loneliness. Although love does not solve everything for Enrique, without it, he cannot survive. Enrique's Journey is about an immigrant from Honduras as he navigates a hostile world filled with thugs, bandits, and corrupt cops. His dangerous journey forces him to cross rivers, and cling to the tops of trains as he travels to the United States to reunite with his mother. Enrique's journey will be told in four parts. Stay tuned afterwards for our community discussion directly after the program. And now, Enrique's journey, part one. I want to bring up Tony real quick to introduce the cast and also just introduce himself. Uh, it's a great collaboration. I'm very excited to be part of this with Sutra Acho, Tony Garcia, Artistic Director of Sutra Acho. Thank you. Thank you all very, very much. Um, for those of you who might not be familiar with Sutra Acho, we are entering our 47th year and we're looking forward to celebrating 50 years. We grew out of the Chicano movement. We always say that very proudly, a social activist movement. We were a group that was out there performing in the streets, uh, in the, the UMC, out in Chautauqua, you name it. We were out here, uh, I remember a lot of times, you're remembering this, right, Yolanda? Yes. The, the times when we actually used to come up here to pick at the Safeway stores yes. in, in support of uh, Cesar Chavez and the United Farm Workers. Uh, eventually, we, we moved into our space, and we're one of those groups that produces a lot of its, uh, its own material. It's kind of a rarity. I didn't realize it was because I'm not watching everybody else. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing. Because <laughs> right? you, get, you get lost, right? So we're, we actually have a history of really producing work about 
Colorado, particularly Chicanos in Colorado, because that's a story that are not, these are not foreign stories. These are not stories from another, another land. These are stories that come from here, from Colorado, as we are, these are Colorado stories. These are very much about our community. Um, in 2010, I was approached to do an adaptation of Enrique's Journey, uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning book by Sonia Nazario. She won the Pulitzer Prize for journalism. Um, and she had met this young man, Enrique, uh, in, in, in Juarez, and she had a, a conversation with him, and he told this incredible story. He'd been deported eight times. He traveled more than 3,000 miles. It took him three months, and I was given the book and one month to do an adaptation of it because they, have, they were under a deadline at Fort Lewis College, and it was, it was really incredible writing. I tried to match. I took a lot of her dialogue, that Sonia did, and I tried to match that feel for it. I have to say, I got the better end of the deal. Sonia went back after having these conversations with Enrique and actually did the journey herself. As a woman in her, in her mid-30s, early 40s, someplace in there, uh, I don't want to get in trouble by really <laughs> revealing where that was, but did, she rode the tops of the trains. She did get to stay in hotel rooms at night. But essentially, she traveled Enrique's journey. Tony Garcia sat in his, his office, and he typed this script out. But we put it up, and, and it became very, uh, very important for us. And so uh, I'd like to take a moment and actually, and actually introduce, introduce the actors right now. We have Felicia Gallegos Perez. Give him a round of applause, por favor. Yolanda Ortega, a.k.a. La Reina. Paula Miranda. Jose Hoser Guerrero. Miguel Marman and Angel Mendez Soto. And of course, uh, direct from Chile, uh, Adolfo Romero. Destination, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. Before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Enrique's journey, la despedida, the goodbye. Mommy? I fill this bag and then I breathe it in and the fumes they bring me closer to you. me back. One more time I approach the fire. I'm getting closer. Mami, dame pico. Dame un besito, mami. Mami, 
Mommy, look what I can do. I can be a plane. Don't forget to go to church this afternoon. ¿Dónde está mi mami? Where's my mother? Welcome to Los Angeles. Bienvenidos a Los Angeles. Gracias por el trabajo. Sí, señora Murray. I will make sure Allison is fed and finishes playtime and is washed and ready for dinner when you and the señor return from work. Hello? Sí, papito. It won't be long. No te preocupes. Mira lo que te envié. Do you like the gifts I sent you? Pero cuando vas a regresar? Los zapatos. Son de Michael Jordan. Son caros. Remember, mijo. You must study hard in school. I want you to graduate from high school. You promised you would return soon. Yo quiero que te portes bien. I, I have dreams for you, Enrique. Regresa. But Enrique, we need the money. Come home. Papi, that's not possible. Regresa. Regresa, ¿me oís? Do you hear me? Come home. Please. Mama, I have dreams también. Mis sueños are filled with, with empty spaces. Empty places. Emptiness where arms should be. Mis sueños. My dreams never take me far away from you. Mis sueños are nightmares. Full of pain and, and loneliness. Mis sueños take me to you. You are a baby and I hold you and you learn to walk. And I hold your hand. And mis sueños, you let my hand go. And mis sueños, I work and you go to school. I dreamt you a doctor, a businessman in a white shirt. And mis sueños, I work. I sell jugo, fruit juice, I sell tamales. I help any way that I can. And mis sueños, I escape to you and we're all together. And mis sueños, I use this paper bag filled with glue and fumes to dream and escape. Belki? Porque estás aquí. Soy tu hermana, ¿verdad? Sí. You are my sister, but I haven't seen you in so long. You live so far now. ¿Cómo están todos? Oh, well, that's fine. ¿Y la escuela? Your uniform. ¿Te gusta? No. I don't like it. ¿Y papá? <laughs> Tiene nueva novia. He has a new girlfriend. Things were good for a while after mamá left, pero pues ahora... Ahora tiene mujer. He is another woman. Y la otra va a tener un hijo. She's gonna have a baby. Papá's girlfriend is gonna have a baby? Nueva familia. ¿Qué es eso? It's Valentine's Day card? Es para abuela. Mentiras, if it's for abuela, why does it say mamá? Because that's who my mamá is. My papá only cares about his novia and their new baby. And his mamá, she takes care of me. Entonces, ella es mi mamá, y ya. Sabes que it's been one year. I know she exists because todavía we have gifts. Me cólera. I'm so angry. Last Mother's Day, I too made a card. Pero a quién se la doy? I will give it to abuela. At least she looks like mamá. Well, she should. She's her daughter. Son de la misma sangre. I live with papa's mama and you live with mama's. Que chistoso, no? Enrique, I wish I could just hit something or someone every time I think about mama being gone. Well, I can. And I will. I won't let anything hold me back. Porque quien soy yo? Yo soy Enrique. Calmate, mind. Someone's gonna see you. Well, I finished school porque le prometí a mama. You might be an old man by then. They held you back two grades. Que le hace? Is it gonna change my life? 
Probably not. It, it could. Look at you. The school, the books, y todo. Hasta pareces buena estudiante. ¿Y quién paga para todo? Who pays? Mamá, no. Sí, pero I would trade everything, todo. So I could just be with her. No es posible. If she loved us, it would be possible. Me voy. ¿Dónde? Al norte. Enrique. No te creas, voy al centro. Vámonos pues. Ay, sí, 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 sí. Ay, Dios, Lourdes, your water broken, you're spilling all over the floor. Water, Santos. Pero para dónde vas? Can't you see that I need you? This is your baby too. Sí, es verdad. Me voy a celebrar. Celebrar? The baby's not even here yet. And for that reason, you should go to the hospital. Santos, aren't you coming too? ¿Por qué? No soy doctor. Santos! We have another one, doctor. I see, nurse. No papers, no money, and pregnant. How could you be such a burden on everyone? Vine a los Estados Unidos para trabajar. I came to work. Looks like it hasn't been an easy pregnancy. No, I have been sick from the beginning. You should have been off your feet. I couldn't. I had to work. Doctor, she has a fever of 105. That's not good, is it? It's okay. We'll work it out. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, here we go. Baby's out. Un hijo! No. Una hembrita. Te llamaré Diana. Looks like little Diana and you will be staying for a couple of days. Bueno, a celebrar! Ala mi bebé. Ala Mis hijos. Belki, Enrique. Los extraño a todos. Y ahora Diana, ay qué sola estoy. Pobrecita mi Diana. You have a mommy that is sad and broken. I fell working at the airplane plant y ahora me dan la bote. My shoulder is bruised and I can barely move it. Pero qué voy a hacer? We have to try and work. ¿Qué te pasa? Nada. No, nada. Si es nada, why are you acting like this? Andas tomando. No es I'm nada. Drinking. No es nada. Nada es nada. ¿Cómo que nada es nada? You're not making any sense. Es nada porque no importa. No sirve. Nada te digo. Bueno, I can't continue this stupid conversation. Tengo que ir al trabajo. Oh, sí. Para verlo a él. To see who? The one you're going to see. ¿Quién? Nadie. Me voy. No. Tengo que ir al trabajo. No es verdad que esta es nuestra hija. Pues sí. Diana is our daughter. Es verdad que esta es nuestra casa. See, this is our house. We live here together. Entonces, ¿por qué putas tiene usted que andar jodiendo con los hombres de la pizzería? Callate, Santos. Don't start accusing me of anything that you don't know about. Are you telling me that you are not, you were not driving around with one of those culeros from the bar? Anoche, I, I gave one of the muchachos who works in the restaurant a, dr a ride home. Estaba frío and he didn't have a jacket. Yes, yes, see, I did that. Todo bien? Me voy. Tengo que ir al trabajo. No. Quédate aquí. Suéltame. Let me go. Bueno, si quieres ir con él, go. Te digo, I have to go to work. I am going, Santos. And Diana's going with me. Y nosotros no somos nada. We are finished. Nada es nada. Hello? Sí. Sí, mami. Sí. 
see, mommy. I'm glad to talk to you. But much time has passed since the last time we spoke. Yes, yes, I, I know you left a message with El Señora del Mira. Pero mami, it's not the same. Yo quiero oír tu voz, mami. I, I want to see you. Sí. Sí, Belki ya me dijo que tienes otra nueva hija. Yes, I'm glad to be a big brother. Pero Belki me dijo, How can you handle more kids now? Sí. Sí, la escuela está bien. The teachers are fine. Pero mami, can you, can you come home for Christmas? Oh, sí. You probably have to work. Bueno, me voy. Sí. Te quiero, mami. ¿Qué? ¿Qué decís? ¿You'll send for me soon? Sí, mami. Adiós, mamá. I will see you soon. I called to tell you I will work on a plan to bring you to me. I will work on a plan to go to you. Lourdes, la cosa es, hija, is that you can do anything you want, si eres ciudadana. ¿Cómo? How can I be a citizen? No tengo papeles ni nada. ¿Tú sabes que soy legal? You don't need papers. All you need is money. Dicen, come to the United States. There's plenty of work. Oh, sí, mucho trabajo, pero poco dinero. I went to the Oficina de Inmigración el otro día. Mijo was arrested in the raid, and I have not heard a word about where he might be. And I met a woman right there in the immigration office. Maybe she can help. Dominga, since I have been here, you have been like a mother to me. You let me live with you, you lend me money, you look after me, I trust you. No sé, mija. Pero she was right there in the oficina de la migra. Aquí está su tarjeta. Se llama Gloria Patel. Se dice Immigration Consultant Legal Professional Services. Se dice que es legal. Oh, sí, legal is good. Is she a, is she a lawyer? No sé, pero mira. Aquí está the Statue of Liberty. La Señora Libertad. That means something, que no? Hmm. Entregame a los pobres, a los agotados, a esas masas apiñadas, ansiosas de respirar con libertad. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Envíame a esos, a los indigentes, a los marginados. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Para que yo alce mi lámpara hacia la entrada dorada. Send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. That was so beautiful. <laughs> la señora Libertad sounds like the Virgin of Guadalupe. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Mexicanos are always praying to her. They're hoping she can help them with their papers. Si yo fuera ciudadana, I would bring my hijos to live with me. Si yo fuera ciudadana, I would get my hijo out of jail. Si yo fuera ciudadana, I would buy a house. I would get a driver's license. I would get car insurance. I would get a car. Si yo fuera ciudadana, I would register to vote. Si yo fuera ciudadana, I would no longer hide. I would be so proud to say that this is my country. Enrique, Belki, hablé con una mujer who's gonna help us. If all goes well, I can be home for Christmas. It's la Navidad. It's Christmas, 
And today, my mother will come through the door with boxes and gifts. Te traigo algo, algo de los Estados Unidos. Enrique, open the box. They are Nike tennis shoes. Go on, mijo, ponételos. Ay, mami. They're the best. Te costaron mucho. They look expensive. Mijo, everything I did and all the time I was away was for you. I want the best for you. Mami, nunca te vayas. Live here. Work here. Cuando yo crezca más grande, I will work. And we can have our life here, together, juntos. Y luego, she will hug me. Como si el abrazo fuera para siempre. Like the hug lasted forever. Señorita Patel, hola, Dominga and Lourdes, thank you for coming in. I hope you like our offices. The office of the Consulate of Guatemala is located right across the lobby. We work with them all the time. Qué bien. Gracias for helping us, pero... Pero? El dinero es mucho. <laughs> yes, you are right. It is a lot of money, but the legal way costs money. It is the only way that you will be able to see your familia. Don't you want to be together? It's just that we don't have a lot of money. We clean houses, offices. We don't make much. $3,000 is a lot of money. It is what I make in three months. I don't know how long it would take for me to raise the full $5,000. Hmm, I understand. It is a big commitment, but the money goes to pay for all of the fees and paperwork, and it will all be legal. Well, you can try to do it by yourself, and you will get nowhere. You need a lawyer to represent you. I will represent you. Hola, señora Patel. Quiero decir gracias por todo. Three months ago, no tenía nada. I couldn't work anywhere. And now, tengo my residency card. Ay, no hay de qué, señor Sanchez. I'm sorry that it took so long. We have filed the citizenship papers and we should be hearing back soon. Oh, quiero decir gracias también. Thank you for the work you did for my primo. La migra was set to deport him and now he can stay here legally. <laughs> as long as he stays out of trouble. Adios, Senora Martinez. Uh, Dominga, I started work on your son's case. Mira, aquí están las papeles. De veras? Gracias, señorita Patel. Mm, no más quiero ayudarte. I, too, came from another country. Soy de Salvador. Oh? ¿Qué? Nada. Es que... Es que es mucho dinero. It is a lot of money, pero... ¿Cómo te explico? Um, hay gastos. There are costs. I know many people in the immigration office, and... They have helped me before, and they will help us again. They like me, because I am the best. I don't make a lot of money. I have to spread it around. ¿Qué dicen? Do you want me to work for you, sí or no? Momentito. Es mucho dinero. Pero she's already started the paperwork for my hijo. Oh, see, I've already been robbed twice from liars and thieves promising to help. So far, it's cost me 3,500. Pero mi hijo, she has his papers. Dominga, Lourdes. <laughs> I am only here to help. And I tell you what, I'll help you. I will drop my price to 1,000 now and 3,000 total. That is a great opportunity. If, and this is if, you can bring me some others. Others that we can help. Por qué? Why do you do this? When I came to this country, somebody helped me. And when I became a lawyer, I did so because I like to help people. The more people you bring me, the more people I can help. Y los gastos? You said there were too many costs that you had to pay. Ah, Lourdes, it's about volume. The more people we can help, the cheaper the prices per person. That makes sense. 
volume. See, and for you, Dominga, if you bring me seis or cinco that I could help, see, I will finish the paperwork on your son gratis for free, amiga. Like it is this. We only have eight hundred dollars. We we don't have the full thousand. Hmm. I see. Well, do you think that you can bring me five or six more customers? Oh, si, señorita Patel. Lourdes, ¿qué piensas tú? Si, cinco seis. Are you satisfied with this arrangement, Lourdes? Si, gracias, gracias for helping us, señorita Patel. <laughs> Era mi placer. My pleasure. for mommy? No. ¿Cómo que no? Es la Navidad. She said she would be coming home soon. I guess these things take time. ¿Por qué? Doesn't she love us? Sometimes I'm afraid that I'll forget her. What she looked like. What she smelled like. But then I remember. I closed my eyes and I could see her. It's the place I feel safest. I asked Abuela how she left the other day. She said she left by train. What are trains like? Son muy peligrosos. Many people die. I know it's dangerous. Pero mommy did it. ¿Qué está pensando? I see so many children with their mothers. I want that. Entonces, ¿qué vas a hacer? Wait. Lourdes, mija, ¿dónde estás? ¿Qué pasó? ¿Es everything all right? ¿Has hablado con la señorita Patel? Sí, sí, sí. She called me to tell me that she needed the rest of the money for my papers. ¿Eh? Yeah, I paid it. I took the money order in yesterday. Was she there? No, pero el muchacho que trabajaba con ella was there. Mira, he gave me a receipt. Madre de Dios. Yes. Everyone in the apartment complex that is doing business with the Señorita Patel has been getting the same phone calls. Y? Y, y people started to wonder, what was going on? Why was she so anxious for the dinero? Y? Y a group of us went down to her office to ask if, if she could wait for the money and maybe a little longer. No me digas, no me digas. Those were empty. Todos se fueron. They were all gone. People said she had rented the offices for only a month. Not long. Long enough to take everything we had. ¿Por qué esperas? She's not coming. Calla Why wait? Callate pues. ¿Quién te preguntó tu opinión? It's not my opinion. It's just a question. I heard Abuela te pidió la otra noche, ¿verdad? It was nothing. But you think Abuela's golpes can hurt me? I guess you're so tough now, see? I am what I have to be. Everything is tough around here. The vecindario, the streets, life is tough. I do what I do para sobrevivir, to survive. ¿Y la escuela? I finished what I said I was going to finish. And what are you? My mother? Yo no tengo madre. Abuela says she's going to send you away. Ah, let her send me away. Vieja loca. She thinks I want to stay here and take care of her until she dies. Look at her. She might hang on forever. You talk as if you're the only one that hurts. So then you have the right to hurt everyone else around you? Including Abuela who feeds you and gives you a place to stay? Pura mierda. Let her send me away. Everyone abandons me. Mama, papa y ahora abuela. ¿Qué le hace? You can be angry all you want. You can hate and you can yell, but a mí no me grites. Don't yell at me, porque yo soy lo mismo. I... I am the same. I am alone. I'm hurt. I want mommy to. I don't have anyone but you. See, sí, Belki. You're right. As long as we are here, it's just me and you. Until mommy returns. Or until we go to her. Negrito! Negrito, I need you to help me today. I want you, Marcos. ¿Dónde vamos? Tú no, yo sí. I want you to wash my cars while I go do some business. Ah, pero why won't you let me go with you? You have to stay. 
with me. You've been staying with me for a year, you know? You, you have always done everything I asked. In many ways, you were more, more like, a, like a son. Veras, I would do anything for my hermana. Mami, si. Escuchame, joven. It's not easy for your mama. She was your age, she left your papa. She was alone, left solita. And she loves you, que no? No sé. Como que no sabes? Cerrote! Where did you get this nice shirt you're wearing? The shoes, the pants, the, the cassette player. Son regalos de mi mamá. Que burro sos. And Betty. So she will someday go to college. And who pays for the high school now? Mi mami. Listen, Negrito. You have seen the other children picking through the trash dumps. Families lining up to fight for a piece of bread, meat or fruit buried under waste and garbage. Do you have to do that, Enrique? No, tío Marco. Y, y gracias por eso. I saw some boys that were that were at the lumber and they were gathering dust and they picked it up to sell it in buckets. They use the money for food, Negrito. What do you do? I wash your cars and I make bank deposits. What do you prefer doing? Living and working with you, tío. Muy bien. Trust you, Negrito. More than anyone. Si Dios lo permite, we will work together for a long time. If you trust me, then why won't you let me go with you? It's much too dangerous. After our security guard was killed last month, I have decided that we cannot continue in the money-changing business. Then why are you changing money? Because this is too much money to pass up. Then let me go with you. No. I'm taking Victor, my brother. Knows how things are done. Pero tío. Stay here. Do as I say. After this, all out of the money changing business. take a moment with them introducing themselves and talking a little bit. So on my far right, I have, uh, I'm going to go through, give you all, all your names first, and then we'll go one by one, and you can do the backup. So uh, uh, to my far right, the lead actor for this production, Jose Guerrero. <laughs> Roberto Monico. 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 The, the accent's really strong in there. This, to my right, left, Marge Taniwaki. One of the actors, a 40-year member of our company, Angel Mendez Soto. And Kiara Chavez. So uh, maybe we can just start with a quick intro from you, Jose, and we'll move right to left here. Sure. My name is Jose Guerrero, a.k.a. Hoser. Um, I've been acting with Su Teatro since I was 15 years old. Uh, I now get to teach uh, the education uh, classes, the theater classes and the programming for, for Su Teatro. Um, full circle. Uh, I'm also the singer for Los Mocochetes, and so you can actually hear us here next next week uh, when we perform part two, and our, our band will be playing uh, here as the entertainment. So we look forward to seeing you next time. I'm March Taniwaki. I'm a uh, community activist. I've co-produced a radio show on KGNU for the last 30 years, uh, La Lucha Sigue on Latin America and the Caribbean. Hi, my name is Arthur Monaco, and I'm a PhD student here at the University of Colorado Boulder, and some of my work uh, deals with um, historical criminology, specifically with the early uh, policies of old war on drugs and how people of uh, Latin American descent are also criminalized through the immigration process. 
Hi everyone, I'm Kiara Chavez and I am the Community Development and Marketing Coordinator for Modus Theater. We just recently launched a podcast called Shoebox Stories where our undocumented monologists share their stories and I'm also one of the people lucky enough to be able to share my story uh, about being an immigrant here in the United States and I get to talk about how I got reunited with my family through a program that the government offered called Advanced Parole. My name is uh, Angel Mendez Soto and as Tony said, I've been a member of uh, Su Teatro for about 40 years now. Um, I also have the privilege and uh, being blessed enough to work with an organization called Casa de Paz. Uh, started by Sarah Jackson, and basically what Casa de Paz does is it goes to the detention center, waits for folks that are coming out of the detention centers, because they have no idea even sometimes that they are in a different state that uh, they were uh, uh, brought into. And we basically will pick them up, orientate them as to where they are, uh, if they have phone numbers, help them connect with family, friends. If they need tickets uh, for flights or, or, bus, or bus rides, we will help them facilitate that. There's always food at La Casa, and uh, there's always a place to stay. So if they need to, to, to stay in Denver for, for a while, we also have members that will adopt someone from the detention center for a time being will try to help them connect with their with their attorneys also they have attorneys i've had the privilege to meet people from cuba guatemala honduras mexico from uh, algiers from africa so uh, i'm very proud to be uh, be able to uh, to work with this organization and my name is Donnie Bess, I'm a producer of Destination Freedom. If listeners have any questions, they can email us at dj at kgnu.org, dj at kgnu.org. So I'm going to start the conversation uh, and probably ask Kiara to be the first one to respond to this, this thought I was having. So when I read the book initially, and, and I think you really, it, it, I see it really in the first segment that we were talking about is that essentially at the core of this story, it's a story about a boy who wants to be with his mother. And that basic human need, you know, is, it has a, has a really a big, a, a, a tremendous power in that, and it's, it's kind of strange on the flip side that, that we are in a place where, where people in, who are, who are, migrants who are who are trying to move to another place who are part of the other right have to go through this process to prove that they are human right we see this it uh, i asked my grandson when he was he was about 14 when we did this isaac i said what's this play about and he said it's about enrique looking for himself that's what enrique's journey is but at the core of this it's a story about and you hear him i just want my mom i'm incomplete unless I can have that. So can you talk to us a little bit about that, that idea of dehumanization versus telling your stories as a process for humanizing us, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And uh, I agree, I, when I kind of read the book too, knowing that I was gonna be in this panel and it was so, it was that huge theme of wanting to have a family that's reunited and um, it was just very uh, relatable and saddening and heartbreaking. But I would say that that is through the work that Modus does, I've had uh, the incredible journey myself to kind of be able to find myself to heal by getting to know where I've been and accepting it. And I think the contrast in having to go through that journey, is, the contrast of my own personal journey is the immigration system, which is very black and white policies that I feel almost as the politicians are sitting in a room not really thinking about what the actual impact is on human lives. 
And so to be able to tell our stories is empowering and humanizing because we get to tell our truth. And we get to not, not just say to people, hey, no, what you're doing with your policies are wrong, but here's what the impact is on me for you to decide if it's wrong. And it's really difficult to listen to a story like Enrique's journey and not be pulled at your heart. And so it really, this, the piece of storytelling is so important in movements and action building community Uni unifying a community because it comes from a personal place of knowing yourself, having to go through the pain of facing your traumas, and then being able to confront that in front of so many people, own that truth, and and be human and be in all that pain and and peacefulness at the same time. I think that that makes people remember. Yeah. I'm a human being and I've faced a lot myself and how do we get past this to helping one another so it's been an incredible journey for me to be able to present my story I would say um, I'm gonna ask Marge to to kind of respond to that as well one of the things Donnie said uh, in terms of why he invited you here because of your experience in in the camps and and the same way that there's a similarity in being that separation, being being part of a policy, and being and, and the dehumanizing process that takes place in that. So I spent the first four years of my life in uh, the concentration camps for Japanese Americans during World War II in a place called Manzanar uh, near Death Valley in California, and the truth about it, I think, has never really been uh, brought to the fore. Uh, the U.S. government tried to make it sound as if we were there for our own protection, and uh, there were many assaults by the guards on, on the women in the camps, uh, brutalization of uh, those more dissident who were kept in uh, citizen isolation camps, uh, deaths that happened because there was no health care for uh, the, the inmates. Uh, so really my purpose in life uh, has been to uh, bring that truth uh, into the open so that people will know what this government is capable of doing and keeps repeating over and over again. Uh, this past uh, April, I was able to go on a pilgrimage to a place called Crystal City in Texas, near San Antonio, and it was where uh, Japanese from Latin America were brought and imprisoned. Uh, we went on from there to uh, Dilly, Texas, where GEO runs uh, a, a prison for asylum seekers and uh, for the children who have been separated from their parents. Uh, we took uh, 25,000 peace cranes that we had folded. We asked the community to, to send them so that we could hang them on the barbed wire fence, the exact same barbed wire that surrounded us in the prison camps during World War II. And we're going on to Washington, D.C. in June of 2020. Uh, to Lafayette Park across from the White House to uh, do the same kind of demonstration to demand an end to the immigration policies that are so unfair and to close down ICE. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, we aren't uh, played off against each other. Uh, the so-called reparations that occurred for um, Japanese in the 1980s was really a sham. It was a public relations ploy so that the government could pat itself on the back and say that they had actually apologized to us and given us a pittance of money for having taken away all of our livelihood and, and more importantly, all of our constitutional rights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple of questions for you too. This is about, um, thank you. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm going, wow. Um, 
the depth that we're getting. So one of the things that you start to get the hang of, of, of in watching the play is Enrique actually is forced to leave Honduras because he's in trouble with everybody. He gets in trouble with, with, with gangs there. And, and so this whole piece of criminality that, that starts to come with him, right? Um, my understanding is he still is dealing with the drug problem, the actual real life Enrique. He has kids. He doesn't necessarily, he sees them, but they don't live with him. They live with Lourdes, right? And so I was going to, I was going to ask if, if you can talk about it, Roberto, from that aspect. And then Jose, perhaps if you could follow up and talk about it in terms of, of playing that, 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 that role. And then there's a very special story I really would like you to tell about when we were in LA and the response from the kids there. So can I start with you and you can talk about sure. that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me just say that uh, this particular story resonated with me because um, I grew up in Los Angeles and my family's also from El Salvador and uh, there are a lot of similarities that went on in this play or in, in the book uh, that I have also uh, experienced. Um, my mom moved away first and my father followed and left my older siblings behind until uh, my brother and I were born here later. But the criminalization aspect is something that we have to uh, remember that Gangs that we tend to sensationalize in Central America, that people are fleeing because they're escaping all this violence, we have to remember that it was actually a United States export. So a lot of gangs that uh, a lot of Central Americans congregated together because they were not being welcomed by other Mexicans and other Chicanos in, during the 80s. So when they were, uh, they used to be this policy, uh, policy of catch and release. Now it's catch, detain, make some money, and then release. But prior to that, now it's, um, um, it was just more of a catch and release policy. But um, unauthorized folks are not commodities. And, and I think that going to your point earlier about um, regarding uh, the politicians in the room, right, not thinking about the lives, but they're thinking about the lives in a ways of how much they could turn dollars over, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the GEO group was mentioned earlier, and the GEO group has, uh, has to fill 34,000 beds on a daily basis, and that's filled mainly by undocumented people. Um, the criminalization aspect is something that the, I would say that the United States and Western media likes to hyper-focus on, and really, really like demonizes uh, people like Enrique in this case, right? And they say like this, you know, oh, they would, they would at least, I would say. Um, and they, they create this narrative that's a good immigrant versus a bad uh, immigrant, you know, and it, it just plays off of each other. And unfortunately, some of us on the left play into that narrative too. Um, and these are policies that we just have to, just, you know, uh, just avoid. Um, but a lot of like uh, so a policy like Manadura is something that is was also something that is um, operates in El Salvador, but it was a, a, poli a law enforcement policy created in the United States that was taken down into El Salvador and um, other Central American countries, and it's just it basically it translates to like heavy-handed, right? Um, but what ends up happening is like folks end up getting pit up against each other as good immigrant versus bad immigrant. And we are also complicit in this too, unfortunately. We don't really see it all the time. Um, but yeah, this, the criminalization aspect is really something that we have to take a step back and not actually demonize um, folks like Enrique who are uh, going through some horrible, horrible things um, in their lives being separated. Um, that's a dehumanization aspect of it. So Jose, can you, can you Take the second stage on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think thank you. Uh, that that oftentimes when we hear the story, of course, our even in the play, right? The biggest part. There was a huge part in the second in the second act um, called Las Seis Deportaciones de Enrique, or Las Siete. Seven, seven, right? I think it's been a while since I read the script, but um, the seven deportations, right? And so even then, we that was. When I mean, when we watch films, when we watch stories, we're naturally kind of uh, drawn to those, right, and to, to, to those kind of scenes. Um, but I do think that it's interesting to consider, and my, my father and my, my mother were both immigrants, and they both came to this country um, as undocumented. Um, and I was lucky. I was always fortunate enough, I guess, in, in, in someone's eyes, to, to be born 
in the United States, right? And so I never, I never had to, but I, I ask myself oftentimes, especially after seeing family members who cross over and very quickly become criminalized, right? How different my life would have been if I didn't have that, right? And, and how this, this narrative could have been very much my narrative as well. I'll jump over to um, the, the, the story that Tony wanted me to highlight a little bit about. When we went to uh, LA, we got to perform this, this play um, as part of the Encuentro um, International Theater Festival, right? And we were selected as one of the plays that they were going to feature. Um, and we, we got to perform for folks, you know, regular paying folks or I guess paying customers for the LATC, but we also had to, the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to perform for, uh, I don't know how many schools, but I know that there was at least a few thousand students from the LA, you know, from the city, the county of LA, um, from all over different schools. Uh, it, our theater was ginormous. It was probably three times the size of this theater, and it was packed. Where kids did, some kids were sitting on the side here. Like it was, it was insane. And and the most shocking part, or the most touching part for us, was that at the end we had a talk back. We had a platica, like similar to this, uh, except every single kid in that audience was Enrique. Um, and in fact, uh, several times kids stood up and, and said, I just came here, right? I, I just arrived two months ago, right? So one of those kids, um, you know, for the, for, as a character, right? I, I grew my hair out as long as it could before it popped down. And, and because I've seen that in, in a few cases, right? I remember my uncle too. My uncle was actually addicted to sniffing glue and paint. So I, I, I related to that quite a bit, but I, I, um, or I used that for, for inspiration for the character. And my uncle's hair, oftentimes it was full of glue and it would stand up and, you know, I, I, I tried to mimic that and that kid had the same exact haircut. And he just, he told me, I, I don't, he didn't even speak English. He, he, he spoke to me, and, and, and a big thing for me was trying to get the accent, right? And it's a, it's a completely different thing than, than if you, I'm, I'm from Mexican descent, my parents come from Juarez, Mexico, and we speak completely different than any folk from Central America. And so that was the biggest thing for me, and, and, and they thanked us because, because not only were we telling their story, literally their story, but we were trying to do it in, in a respectful manner, and we were trying to respect their accent. And they said they never saw a Mexican speak like them. And so, you know, I, I took that as a compliment, but that was one of the most striking moments from that tour. Uh, it was a really beautiful moment. We had a, we had a moment where towards the end of the play, and I'm trying to plug the other three stories in here so that you guys come back. But there's a moment in the play where Enrique has a child, and he's in the United States. And he's talking to his girlfriend, and he says, I want you to come. I, he says, I want you to come and join me. And she says, well, what do I do with the baby? And he says, you're going to have to leave the baby behind. <laughs> and the kids started to shout out, no, don't do it. So for us, it was a moment of crossing over. I felt sorry for my cast because they had to go and talk after that moment, right? But it was, it, we forget. The, the cost and human, one of these uh, human cost, and one of these happens to Enrique, he sees a kid get run over by a train. So all these great things are gonna happen in the next three shows, so we'd really like you to come back. Uh, Donnie would like me to ask, to see if there's any questions or any comments people would like to share with us at this moment, do a segue. Um, and if not, that's fine too, but I just need you to move quickly. <laughs> Donnie's trying to coax the audience right now into joining us here. They got a little intimidated. Yeah, okay, they're real shy, but you can always ask us later on, okay? All right, so if not, then uh, Donnie, go ahead, y'all, last, last comment, and then thank our panel. Uh, why don't, since I, I know, since I didn't get to Angel, no, you only got like less than two minutes, so you, fit, you wrap it up. I don't, I don't need any more. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm working with an organization called Casa de Paz, and I feel if you really want to get involved and, and see and help in a very concrete way, helping people unite with their families is to get involved with Casa de Paz. As I said before, we go, we go to the detention centers. You know, these are corporate institutions. You know, there's, an, there's one in Texas that's, that, that, that the people there and, pe and people who get here, they call La Yelera which basically means the freezer, because it's constantly cold, constantly. They, they don't get en enough, enough assistance in terms of medical or even food. So I remember picking up folks in my vehicle at the detention center, and 
the first thing one girl gal tells me she's from Guatemala, all she wants is a Coke. You know, she just wants to taste a Coke, a Coca-Cola. You know, and I threw everybody in my car. We went, we went to the nearest 7-Eleven. I bought everybody a Coke before I took them to the house. But like I said before, you can volunteer with Casa de Paz. You can help us get people to the airport. You can help us get clothes. You can help us clean the house. Uh, you can help us talk about this. I have a great opportunity to talk in a few churches, to talk to a lot of young people. Young kids really relate to this. Why, what do you mean they haven't seen their mothers? What do you mean they, they get really upset? I just saw a bunch of uh, kids last week at the Colorado Community Church. They all made Christmas cards for the detainees. So it's very important work. And if anybody wants to talk to me about it afterwards, you can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give the round, real wonderful round of Thank you for listening to Destination Freedom. Please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook at NoCreditsProductionLLC.com, Instagram, and Twitter at Donnie Betts, and at NoCreditsProductionLLC, or at Black Radio Days. I'm Donnie L. Betts. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.